Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Well, today's episode is number four in a four-part series on skilled trades and blue-collar careers. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the first three interviews as much as I have enjoyed doing them. Prepare to be blown away by this week's guest. I am beyond thrilled to welcome Aaron Valencia to the podcast. Aaron is the executive director and founder of the Lost Angels Children's Project, and he is an extraordinary human being. His goal is to provide young people with the tools they need to succeed and help open doors and opportunities that improve their quality of life. He thrives on teaching and empowering youth in the local community to rise above their circumstances. During our conversation, Aaron shares his motivation for starting Lost Angels Children's Project, why he and his team are teaching more than just trade skills, and what parents can do to support a teen who is struggling with addiction. You won't want to miss Aaron's advice for young people who are interested in careers in the trades. So let's get started. Hi, Aaron. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Awesome. I'm excited. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's uh, I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Well, I heard about you from a mutual friend, um, the folks over at Ken Rusk, mm-hmm. um, and they me- they mentioned you and and Connor over there said I have to talk to you. And um, then I did my research and and learned more about you, and he was right. So for my audience who may not know anything about you, would you mind just taking a minute and kind of telling them who you are and what you do? Um, yeah. So my name is Aaron Valencia, founder and executive director of Lost Angels Children's Project. Uh, Founded in 2014 as a way to combat youth homelessness. It was kids that were living in homeless shelters. Uh, it's I had been volunteering uh, at shelters for a few years, and you know I had grown up experiencing homelessness and, and drug addiction and a lot of struggles and battles growing up uh, with an unstable environment. And I created a, a decent life for myself, and I started volunteering at local shelters, and seeing that there was just so many children and kids that were living in homeless shelters and that were on the street and just growing up in the struggle. And I thought we could do something more than uh, just a plate of food. I have the capacity to do more than just a plate of food, which is, which is great. And families need it, but I thought we could do a little more. Um, And I took, I restored classic cars for a living. I took my shop and turned it into a after school program for kids in the community that were in foster care, low income, at risk, high risk kids on probation, and just kind of opening the doors and creating a, a safe space to come and learn and and grow, learn how to use your hands, and uh, and it's just been evolving over the last few years. Uh, it's a lot of the things that have been pulled out of high schools. Uh, there's there's really not a lot of auto shop or metal shop or wood shop in schools anymore. So how and there's still a lot of jobs that are out there in the industry but not a lot of young, inspired people that are filling those jobs. 
So everything, there was just a, a combination of a lot of things hitting at the same time. And it was, everything just kind of fell into place and it was creating a safe space for young people. And it was starting to fill a void in our vocational arts industry. And it, it just kind of, it evolved very fast. And now we're doing a vocational training for 18 to 24 year olds. These are uh, young people that are disadvantaged youth that are coming out of foster care, coming out of jail, coming out of homelessness uh, on general relief for government assistance and coming through doing a 12 week intensive program, teaching them uh, it's a first six weeks is apprenticeship. You're learning all the skills, leading a tape measure, custom metal fabrication, auto body paint. And at week seven, we drug test interview. And if, if it's a good fit, we hire you and you now work at the organization restoring classic cars and doing jobs and it helps uh and you're getting paid it's it's an actual job so they leave at week 12 with uh, an in-house a real resume real work experience money in the pocket and ready to hit the workforce where to begin so many questions first of all i think a lot of people have the capacity to do more than provide a plate of food and i like the way that you put that um but a lot of people don't do more than that, right? They say, I'll put, throw some money at it or I'll make it, you know, make a donation or I'll, I'll do something small. But I mean, this is a huge undertaking for you. What, what was it about you that felt, gave you the feeling to be called to do this? I mean, I got to believe it was a huge deal to set this up and get all the people in place and, and the facility and everything else. What was it that just motivated you to do that? Uh, I think it was a lot of these really are just younger versions of ourself. And I know where I was at 12, 13, 14, uh, 15. I started, you know, using heavy drugs at a young age just from lack of support, stability, opportunity. So if these are things that uh, might have been around for myself and a lot of other people that, uh, growing up in, in any kind of struggle, if there was uh, a place to go that was fun and safe and, and, and learning cool things, I might've been there. And I know there's a lot of young people that, that feel the same. So it was once the idea came up, there was no, I, I couldn't not do it. You mm -hmm. know, it was one of those, Oh, I can't afford to do that. Well, I can't afford not to do that. It seemed like it was just a no brainer at that point. And it was by any means necessary. It just, uh, it had to work. And, and it really is, uh, the right door, uh, the door is open at the right time. Every time, you know, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't easy. It's been, a, it's been a constant, you know, struggle battling, trying to make it work, but the right people show up every time. And do, does the, your funding come from private organizations, grants, where does all the money come from? Uh, we do our own fundraising and a lot of it is private foundations. We're just getting into trying to get bigger, bigger funding and county and government funding. Uh, it's a big undertaking, but, but we're trying, it's just, uh, every year we do a giveaway car. We restore one of the cars here in our in our organization. And the year right before COVID, we did a 1959 El Camino. Oh, uh, how cool. El Camino. Super nice, fully restored. And uh, we did it as a sweepstakes, as a giveaway. And that helped. Uh, we raised a little bit of money and that really helped. And that got it out in the community. So it got out in the classic car community, uh, which, you know, it's it's a, it's a, a community about look at me and look at my car and look at what I did, which is great. And now we just put a, a philanthropist spin on everything and look at uh, what young people are doing. And it really, people are kind of gravitating towards it. And a lot of people get on board once they see the work that's being done and how can I help? So that it kind of goes back to your other uh, statement earlier of 
sometimes uh, a lot of people don't know what to do. And I get, I was in the same spot where I know there was something I wanted to do, but I didn't know how. All I could do was, I don't know how to go out and ask for money. I know uh, I can sell a t-shirt. I can build a car and sell raffle tickets. I can do that. I can offer something. Um, and a lot of times it's scary to start something big, but there's a lot of people out there who have the heart and want to be a part of and want to help and want to make, want to see it go and, and want to be a part of. So I think it's just up to us to create that platform for people to show up and continue and keep pushing it. So, uh, I'm excited all the time. We, we always meet new people like yourself and other people who are inspired and, uh, and come jump on board. So it's, it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool journey. I bet it is. And I am inspired. I, I wish there was something like this in every community, especially in the populations that really need it. I mean, you guys are in Los Angeles County, right? And yes. I mean, the homeless and, and foster care population there is enormous, um, as it is here in Central Florida. So probably not as big. But yeah, I think it's incredible that that you took this on. So tell me about some of the kids. Um, and and by the way, I, I have to go back for one quick second, because you did say, yeah, they've pulled this out of high schools, which mm. makes me shake my fist, because it's all about college, 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 and get those grades up. But what about these kids who say, college isn't for me, or they're not equipped to go to college? You know, the trades, my whole month of October is episodes about work in the trades and preparing kids for careers in the trades. And I, I truly believe that our schools are not doing a good job. So you're providing such a service to the community. I wish every community would, but tell me about the kids. I mean, how are, how are you finding them? Are they coming to you? Do you have connections with local organizations? How does that work? Um, We get a lot of referrals from different, different avenues. Uh, A lot of it is uh, if someone's receiving uh, government assistance, there's through gain or grow or through through GR, which is pretty much welfare. If you're if you're receiving assistance, you're supposed to be looking for a job, and we are one of those job referrals. So we're getting uh, potential students from there, um, from foster care agencies, uh, students that are kids that are a- aging out, uh, foster care workers, uh, social workers, probation officers. Uh, out in this community, we're starting to become a name for for young people who want to change. It's well, you can head over here to Los Angeles and see about getting a job, getting some training, get a job, and all the other services that we offer. So, uh, and uh, again, it's and also it's just word of mouth that it's you know, people, uh, young people are you know, they post about it on their social media and they talk about it with their friends that they're over here, they got a job. I think that that first job is everything, and when it's it's free training, plus you're getting, you're getting paid to learn a trade, and we're doing something cool, you're working on old cars, it's it's attractive. That's that's the big part of uh, the hook of what we're doing. Why we use old cars is it's it's an attractive hook to get young people in the door. And meanwhile, we're teaching them all the same transferable skills, welding, fabrication, problem solving, working as a team. Um, all those things are transferable to all of the trades, to iron workers, HVAC guys, plumbers, drywallers, painters. Uh, where we are out here in in our community, it's heavy aerospace. There's a lot of Lockheed and Northrop and and Edwards Air Force Base. So everything that we're doing from the auto body, all those airplanes get painted. They all have body work. They all have prep. So if we can train young people to get them ready for that workforce, working on this the same piece of metal, working on an old '57 Chevy, that's fun, and you have this sense of accomplishment. You're working on something cool. It's the same skill level that you're going to use. Uh, for that entry-level job at Northrop 
hopefully as a career with a 401k and and set you up on a path. So uh, we're just trying to teach all the transferable skills. What a great connection to those really large companies that would hire people like that. That's fantastic. Do you know of any other organizations like yours in other communities? I, I know there are, and it's 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 very inspiring. I know there's, I think on the East Coast, there's um, there's something out your way where they're doing like restoring houses with with foster care kids that okay. foster kids that are aging out uh, in the construction trades. I think there's Youth Build, which is a mm-hmm. very very big organization, which is very big on construction and and really really hands on with the trades. We use the classic cars because that's just my niche and that's what I know and and I can push in it and it works. Um, but I know there there are some with the trades with with more directly into the trades, which is amazing. So it's it's working, it's yeah. a proven uh, uh, formula that's working. You know, like, I think like you said, it's a lot of kids aren't on an academic path. I wasn't. If you had put me in a, a free scholarship at Harvard, I would have been out in a week. But if you had put me in a, in a trade school, I probably would have excelled. So there's a lot of people that are like that. And now, for lack of, you know, the workforce is is starving. There's a lot of work, but not a lot of workers who show up and actually work hard. So they're actually paying more. Those jobs that were looked down on for a long time uh, are actually paying paying well, and you could do you can make a good living. And it's really not about. I think that old guard of people that broke their back doing work and just working really hard, not smart, maybe, and really broke their bodies doing it. It's a different train of thought. You don't have to be that tough guy and break your back in the trades. You can work smart and hard. Hmm. So we're really trying to push that. Do you have a lot of, do you have like a waiting list? A lot of kids wanting to come in? Uh, Right now. Yeah, we do. We do. So that's right now we're under, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out how to expand. Uh, We do, it's a 12, 12 week semester and we only, we can only have room for 12 to 14 right now. We're kind of overloaded with 14 students right now. Uh, But it's hard to say no. (laughs) You know, we do interviews, but we interview 20 to 30 students at a time and we can only pick so many. So we are, we've already outgrown our 5,000 square foot facility and we're, we're actively looking to grow right now. Uh, We do have a waiting list of about 50 students right now that while, uh, while they're waiting, our team is offering a lot of the wraparound services that goes along with it's not just it's not just teaching someone how to weld or teaching them how to read a tape measure. There's a lot of other soft skill training and a lot of other barriers that young people face from high school diploma. That's one of our requirements. We push that. You don't have to have it to get here, but we're going to try and make you have it by the time you leave. Try and make sure you're ready for these jobs. Uh, driver's education. Everyone leaves with a driver's license. Having your social security card, your ID. These are a lot of things that someone if if you've been a teenager and you've been homeless and you're coming off the street and you want a better life, you have a mountain of barriers that might seem like that really are a mountain to someone who's 18, 19 years old. So you kind of need someone to navigate that with you and for you. And that's really what our team is doing more than just the hard skill training of, of welding and tape measure. It's, it's all the wraparound services. And you're mentoring. I mean, you're, you're giving these kids support and leadership that they're not getting at home. Yeah. Well, a lot of them don't, some don't have homes. Some that's what, yeah, that's what bouncing I mean. And, and, yeah. uh, or living, living with grandma, living with a friend, living with somebody, uh, or, you know, there's nearly everybody on the percentage of broken home situation right now of single family, single parent homes. And our, our kids that are 18, 19 tend to be 
They're taking care of their younger brother and sister. So they've had to grow up real fast and they've missed out on stuff. There's just a lot of a lot of things that are stuff that our young people face from just trauma and everything that people have to carry that could hold you back from really gaining successful employment in life. So we try and work on a lot of those barriers at the same time. How many people are you or your organization? Uh, right now we're seven, seven people. Uh, yeah, That's it? <laughs> we're, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing. We're, uh, we're, we're fortunate. We just brought in a, a couple of new members that have really just really helped and taken us to the next level right now. So it's, it's, uh, we're super grateful, but yeah, it's, wow. it's a call every day we're, we're pushing and we're growing and we're finding new, new ways, trying to be innovative, uh, and just staying on top. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's your vision? I mean, would you like to have multiple locations, or are you happy where you are and just want to grow it bigger? No, I think to be right now, I feel like we're building that formula to where it can be replicated in other areas. And we get asked, people think we're already in other areas. And I get calls from probation officers in, in downtown LA or other places that, you know, that they have, they have a couple of kids that they really want to get in the program, but we're, we're just, you know, we're an hour away. We're too far away. Geographical doesn't work right now. So uh, to set up in other locations would be ideal to replicate this. It's it definitely, it seems like it's a, it's a no brainer. As long as there is the employment opportunities in that local community, whether it's the, the factories, the dealerships, the, where we can train someone and tailor our training program to those specific jobs so we can be a feeder program to those to those hiring agencies would be ideal. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant, because that's, I think, what public education isn't doing well right now. We're not identifying what the local business, what you know, yeah. the industry needs and, and yeah. preparing kids for that, right? Career readiness. Um, so that's that's amazing that you're doing that. So oh, thank you. So let's talk about the kids. Um, what do you think for somebody who might be interested in this? Um, again, they may not be in a homeless situation, um, but for young people, teens who are interested in getting into the trades, what advice do you have? Like, what's the best way for them to kind of find the opportunities and get ready for them? I mean, it is tricky if you're coming with no, you know, I, I think. So I think young people always get told, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out, figure it out, figure out your life. You, you got to get it together, figure it out. But if you haven't really been exposed to much, what is there to figure out? You don't, you know, it's even the trades. If you're not being inspired in, in your local schools with auto shop or metal shop, or you don't have a family member, a dad, a brother, an uncle, or somebody who does that already to kind of show you and inspire you and maybe take you under their wing or just that simple inspiration, where are you getting it from? There's, you know, right. so it's, it is tough. So it really is, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to say, but it is like, it's, it's just talking, talking to people, be, uh, looking online, looking at different types of jobs. Even there's so many different things on YouTube or different, uh, avenues of if welding seems cool, there's so much research you can do online and, and welding and videos and kind of, you can see without having the hands on, but see if it's something that you're even interested in. 
look into. I think most communities have some sort of trade schools. Um, mm-hmm. There's UTI. There's a lot of uh, uh, YOTech. There's a lot of uh, trade schools out there. I know on the East Coast in Florida, I know there's a, there's a few. Um, look into them. It's really just about doing research and go do a site visit. Go check stuff out. It's uh, it's it's tricky, but there's definitely if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. When you were younger, were you, did you like work on cars when you were a teen? Were you interested in that? Was that uh, kind of where no, you started? No, I, I wish I didn't, I, I knew nothing. I couldn't change a spark plug. I knew nothing about this. I didn't grow up around it. Uh, to be honest, I always thought that type of stuff was, was rich people stuff. I'd never be a part of that. I had no idea that, that doing cars was, was attainable. You know, it always seemed like that was for other people. You know, we grew up really poor. So it was uh, almost like college. It was unattainable. You know, it just didn't seem like that would ever be for me. And uh, as I got older and working, I started realizing that if you're using your, if you just want to go out and buy something, yes, it's expensive. But if you want to use your hands and you want to create it, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot funner. It's a lot more uh, rewarding. Almost like you, now I'm at a stage, I know how to make a lot of stuff. So I'm at a stage, I walk through the store and there's a cool coffee table. I'm like, that's 300 bucks. That's a cool table, but I could make that. So now it's almost a blessing and a curse because now I want to be able to make everything, you know? So, uh, that's part of it also is for young people to have that, that problem solving in your brain of, uh, can I do that? Can I make that? Can I see myself doing that? If you can, there's research, there's stuff that's out there. So it really is. Can you picture yourself doing that? Hmm. You've been really open and transparent about your struggles throughout your young life, um, struggles with addiction, do you have any thoughts on that for parents of teens who might be in that situation where they're really struggling and they and the parents are feeling like they don't know what to do and how to help their kids? As somebody who's been through that, do you have any tips or advice on that? That that's it's really tough. It really is tough. And and I say it a lot. I work with families, I work with people, and it really is just it's it's keep that candle lit. You know, don't give up, keep the candle lit. You know, it's a uh everyone's got to meet you. It's when you're ready, when young people are ready, but it's, uh, it's don't give up on them and keep, keep inspiring, keep people active, keep, keep young people busy as they start to go down a path or you can see they're starting to get distracted and, 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 uh, doing negative stuff. It's try and be involved. I think a lot of, a lot of parents from what I see, forget when, forget what it's like when they were that age and they were running around doing dumb stuff. Everybody's done a lot of dumb stuff growing up, you know, but I think everyone you know, it turns into an adult and forget that they were doing that. And maybe what would have inspired you at that age. And sometimes mm-hmm. it really is just staying active and staying involved in your, in young people's lives instead of going, I don't know. They're, they're just, they're just doing weird stuff. I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Keep okay. trying, stay active, stay involved. Even if they don't want you young people, I've noticed, uh, it sounds, it's so counterintuitive, but, uh, crave regiment, crave, uh, structure. As much as they don't want it and they want to sleep in all day and do whatever, once you create that bit of structure, it's people tend, young people tend to actually gravitate towards it. Even though they fight it tooth and nail, they still end up gravitating towards it. So uh, my biggest thing I always say is just keep that candle lit. If they're still out there bumping their head, uh, let them know you're still there and you're still ready when they don't enable, but you're still ready when they want to come back and you're there for them. So That's really good advice. Thank you. So how can people help you? Like what can people, no matter where they're located, whether they're in Southern California or not, if somebody wants to contribute or 
if they're local and they want to volunteer, like what are the ways to get involved? Um, it's it, it definitely reach out on our, I, I hate saying, no, check out our website, but in all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to put all the of, links. It, yeah. There's a lot of information on our website and just showing uh, if it's a good fit for you. Obviously we, uh, you know, just a, a financial donation is one of, one of the biggest helps because it allows us the freedom to be able to grow as, as, as we see fit and it keeps the power bill on, you know, so donations are great. Um, in kind donations, if someone was a, a tool company or a tool vendor or materials, we go through materials like crazy (laughs) that, uh, in kind sponsorships always help. Um, anyone that's from car donations, we, we've been able to have a, a few of our kids who got a job and needs transportation. We've got cars donated and we've been able to fix them up and give them to some of our young people to get back and forth to work. So there's, there's, there's no shortage of, of the need. It really is just reaching out. Um, either send an email, call, call the main office, talk, let's create, uh, create a partnership, create, uh, create a bridge where we could work together on stuff. So, uh, we have a small in-house print shop where some of our students make t-shirts here and we're able to employ our students making t-shirts when they need a job. So on our website, there's t-shirts for sale that helps offset the costs, employ young students. And, uh, so there's always, there's always a way I say, definitely just get online, check us out and see what, see what fits you. Yeah, I'm going to include the link to your website, um, your social media, because you guys are on Instagram, right? And your website, in fact, has some great videos on it, including the Christmas video from the drive-thru and the gift giveaway for for kids in the community. And can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a pretty cool event. That was was probably one of the coolest things that we've done to date. COVID, you know, we've done, we were an after school program and a work program and we had done haunted houses and we had done some stuff before and we have our little Christmas parties. But once COVID hit, uh, we had to shut down, shut down our facility, uh, just everything, the world shut down. And we saw, we reached out to a lot of our families, a lot of our, our students' families just to see these were people that were already food insecure and already kind of uh, getting by. And if you remember, you couldn't buy toilet paper, couldn't get eggs, couldn't get the lines of the grocery stores. It was, it was crazy yeah. when this hit. So yeah, we turned our facility kind of into a essential services, emergency food line, uh, here. And we were giving out food and, uh, essential supplies here out of the facility and going into some of our, our lower, harder hit, uh, communities here in like our local trailer parks and going door to door and giving out food and, we saw that there was no shortage of need here in our community of, of food and masks and baby wipes and all this. So Christmas was coming and we decided to set up a huge, uh, we got some really good sponsors on board and did a big drive through winter wonderland for families to come through and gave away toys for families. Uh, we had a full light show, the whole bit, music DJ and everything. And people could drive through and actually see, and we gave away toys for families. Um, all like uh, all the stuff for babies, anything diapers. We had truckloads of diapers for people, and and giving away uh, uh, trays of food for families of four. So people came through and and got the whole the whole experience. And it was we had a bunch of our students that were here that were here helping to set it up, tear it down, make it work. And it was just it was an amazing thing that we were able to do here in our community. And I'm still we're looking forward to doing it again next year. It was just, no that one that one really uh, by far one of the coolest things that we've we've been able to accomplish so far. Yeah. The video is definitely worth watching. So listeners go to the website. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, for those who are listening and might not be writing things down, 
Is it lostangelscp.org? Yes, ma'am. Is that right? Okay. So Lost Angels, C like and Charles, P like and Peter.org is the website. Um, and you'll find out lots of information, opportunities to help out, videos and, and pictures and stuff of, of the work that Aaron and his team are doing. Anything else, any final words, anything you want to share um, with my audience before we wrap up? Um, no, I really think it is. It, it, it's, I, I'm super grateful and thank you so much for, for having me on and really just getting our organization out there and what we're doing. And, and it really is, it's, uh, it's just trying to inspire people. Even if this isn't a fit, there's, there's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of, uh, opportunity. There's a lot of people who are struggling that sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to see what's going on. If we live in a, a nice neighborhood, it's, you don't really venture out. It's hard to see that there's a whole nother side of, of people. And a lot of it is we focus on young people because most of it's not their fault. They're kind of grown up. They're, they're brought into it. They were born into poverty, born into it. And uh, by no fault of their own, they have to navigate that and, and, and carry that to school, whatever struggles are going on at home, you know, food insecurity, living in a car. It's, there's, there's a lot that a lot of, a lot of people don't see in every community. There's a lot of, a lot of things that are going on that people don't see. So I think it really is getting involved in even your local community, uh, volunteering at a soup kitchen, helping out. It's, it really is just getting out. And if you have the means and the capacity, it's not even sometimes just the financial of donating money. That's, that's great. But sometimes it is just the time or just the, uh, being a big brother, a big, a big sister, being someone, even just being a, a sense of stability for somebody, it, it goes a long way. So I think when we can get out of ourselves, uh, for a moment, it, it, it helps. It's moving the needle on humanity. Oh, I love that. I love that quote. Well, you are clearly moving the needle. You and in your team, you're changing lives. You really are. You're changing the trajectory of these young people's lives. And, I'm incredibly grateful that you joined me today and I'm so thrilled to be able to help spread the word about the work that you're doing and tell your story. So thanks so, so much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, definitely. And if you ever make it out to LA, please, you got to come and I'd love to show you around. Oh, in a heartbeat. When I get out there, I will come by. Thank you. What a perfect way to wrap up this four part series on careers in the trades. Such an inspiring conversation. I am blown away by the work that Aaron and his team are doing at Lost Angels. As I said to him during the interview, they are literally changing the trajectory of young people's lives. Not only are they teaching young people skilled trades, but they're also supporting them as they learn how to navigate the world around them. I think I'm going to create a t-shirt that says, Be Like Aaron, as a reminder to myself and everyone around me to find ways, in Aaron's words, to move the needle on humanity. Listeners, I'm going to give you some homework, and I want to hear back from you. Look around your community. Find an organization like Lost Angels that is helping disadvantaged youth get a step ahead in life. And when you find that organization, find out how you can get involved. It doesn't have to be a monetary donation. We all have gifts and skills to share, and there's no better time to use our talents to help teens and young adults succeed on their journey through life. I'd love to hear about the organizations you find and how you make a difference. Email me, share on my social media, whatever. But I want to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen. And I really appreciate it if you'd follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback. 
and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 104, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who's unsure of their next step after high school, a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young person who just needs some guidance, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living.